0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe.
1: All right, welcome back. It is the another edition of the Coaching Chatter podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me are my two hosts, my two co-hosts, Craig Ladd and Kurt Page. Kurt Page, fresh off a of victory at Faulkner University. He is 1-0, and guys, in uh, in this young spring season for, uh, for I guess it's what, division are y'all NAIA?
0: We're NAIA, yes, sir. Got the first win at home. Tommy Watson had a great goal line stand as the time expired. The ball careened out of bounds. It was an outstanding game to win it 21 to 16, 21
2: to 15. Nice. Well, congratulations to
1: you and Faulkner University. Craig, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well, Corey. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, glad the snow is gone in Middle Tennessee and I'm supposed to get some balmy weather. It's
1: supposed to be. Yeah. We open up uh, workouts at Hillwood uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have some nice weather for that. So, That'll be good. Uh, some news on the Hillwood front. Uh, Daniel Agbata has committed to uh, the uh, DuPage College. It's a junior college up in uh, Illinois. Uh, he's going to go play there, and I think uh, so. I think Avion Brown and Stephen McLaren just got offers from DuPage, so uh, wouldn't be surprised if they followed. So um, some some happenings there in, on the recruiting front as far as uh, high school to College, so things are going things are going well. But we welcome back football. Um, I told my wife, I was like, "Hey, there was some football on this weekend." She's like, "What? It's February? Why, <laughs> what?" I was like, "Yeah, they they couldn't play because of COVID." But anyway, uh, our show is brought to you by Soar Athletic Training. Uh, that's soaring, pun intended. Uh, we're brought to you by the hometown team of Keller Williams Realty that is you can visit uh, my man Kenny Salas hometownteam615.com they had a uh, snow excavation contest uh, so they just recently picked a winner on that one uh, last week they got a really big contest coming up i was sworn to secrecy so i can't tell you exactly what was on there or what's going to be in that uh what's going to be in that competition but uh, that's going to be exciting. Uh, so visit Kenny Salas over at hometownteam 615com You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the, all of those places. All uh, everything's happening there. So also, our third sponsor, betonline.ag. Football might be over. Well, it's not really over. You can bet on FCS games. I think. Um, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. I played a 16 NBA parlay where I just bet money lines. Didn't win. I lost two games. Uh, somehow the Knicks got me. Somehow I I don't understand that, and I uh, forget the other team that got me. I think it was uh, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they got me, and they they ruined my – my sixteen parlay that would have gotten me two hundred and fifty dollars. So, um, did you guys know that Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV?
2: I've placed numerous bets on The Bachelor, so I'm very well aware of that. Good, get your get your Bachelor
1: parlay <laughs> as well. As you can. Yes. Uh, there's some there's some great Grammy props as well. So. And speaking of props, Bet Online has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, um, I tell you what, somebody that was looking for uh, some money to take to BetOnline.ag was uh, somebody in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, this is, you know, I feel like this was the lead story of the FCS weekend, which there were so many pretty good games, uh, to be expected, some of the games were kind of sloppy and slow moving and things like that. But I mean, with the, with the way things are and the layoffs that, that we had, that's not, not shocking whatsoever. But the, the main story was coach prime, Deion Sanders made his uh, coaching debut at Jackson state this weekend, trounced. Edwin Waters uh, University and uh, or Edwin Waters College or whatever they're called, fifty two to three, and uh, after the victory, it wasn't a celebration. There uh, he was. uh, He was robbed. Literally, Uh, somebody broke into the coach's office. They uh, they they got all of his stuff, but he was thankful that they didn't take his necklaces. And uh, later to find out. That they found all of the stuff. Either they caught the guy and gave it back to him, or they just found all the stuff and said, Hey, here's all your stuff. And, um, Craig, I think he said, You're lying.
2: Pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, it came back, it came out, the, the, a university spokesman came out and said, Oh, it was just misplaced and uh, everything's fine. It's back. And then, Coach Prime comes out on Twitter and says, whomever putting out the lie that my belongings wasn't stolen is lying. My belongings were taken out of a zipped bag in my office, and more items were taken as well from my office. We have retrieved them since being reported. My uh, my staff member witnessed the crime. Hmm. Do you believe him? You buy it? Well, I, you know, I, I can't. If if you put stuff, I, I agree with him. If you put stuff in a zip bag and then all of a sudden the the, the stuff is missing and then it's return, I, I would agree with him that technically it was stolen. I don't care who who took it. it at that certain point, it was stolen.
1: Mm-hmm. It was misplaced without his permission. Um, not by him. So that. Equals stolen So glad they found it though Kurt
0: Yeah just uh, What what a story Prime Prime finds a way To get in there Either way he can uh, But he did get the, the game ball He was very excited About that uh, You know And that's his first Head coaching uh, Opportunity And he's 1-0 and As a coach So uh, And I heard Troy Eggman Made a visit So that's pretty neat you Surprised him in half time, Yeah Surprised him Yeah that's pretty neat they had number eight show up the other hall of famer from the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh that's right. Outstanding. It was an outstanding weekend. Uh, it's great to see the football back. And, uh, I think it'll build some momentum and, uh, who knows, we might have something uh, in the future, maybe a group of five, uh, and maybe some other folks, maybe a move to the spring. This might open up something. We'll see. Yeah, we
1: can, we can jump into that discussion if you want to. Um, and I, I don't think that they will because I, I think there's so many FCS conferences that are involved in the in the draft uh, that I think you'd get too many too many good players that would opt out. Uh, in my opinion, so I, I don't think that would work.
2: Well, I'll say that. Let me say the last point on the stolen items. It, it, it's not like if they stole them from me and my Timex watch and. $25 uh ring or or necklace or something. I'm sure the items that were stolen were extremely pricey. So I can understand why he would have been upset about it. Uh obviously put a damper on the win. He was presented the game ball, you know, the the game ball in the in the locker room after the game. And then he lo and behold finds out his stuff is stolen. So uh, I, I can understand because, <laughs> like I said, it, it wasn't a Timex watch that I have that, that was stolen, I promise you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, that's that's just that's sad that, that that's the lead story of, of the FCS weekend because there were so many good games on. There were so many things happening that, you know, you, that that happens to be the lead story. I, I, I don't like that at all. So uh, you had Nickel State – Score 87 points against Lincoln. Uh, they won 87 to 3. <laughs> That's just a wow. laughable score. Uh, South Dakota State got, uh, got in the win column 24 to 20. They're looking to kind of sneak in there and get that Missouri Valley uh, crown away from uh, their rivals, North Dakota State, who absolutely own that conference right now. Uh, they own all of FCS, to be honest with you. But um, South Dakota State is hoping that they can wriggle in there. <clears throat> that was a that was a well-fought game. Um a Southern Conference game that I was kind of surprised at because I thought Samford was better and I thought East Tennessee State was going to be down, but East Tennessee State was uh winners 24-17. Uh Wofford doing their thing. Got off to a sluggish start against Mercer, but they turned it on uh one by one thirty-one-14 as their final. Furman uh, another team that got off slow, but they're an option team, so you knew it was going to kick into high gear. Well, it did. Thirty-five to seven, they were winners. Uh, North Dakota State were winners over Youngstown yesterday, twenty-five to seven, and Austin P. Uh, drop in their first game to Tennessee Tech of all people, twenty-seven twenty-one, in an upset. Austin P. Of course was an SCS playoff team last season, and uh, Tennessee Tech was middle of the pack, if not. Bottom near the bottom of the pack. So, a couple notable scores. Anything stand out to you guys from from this weekend?
2: Well, one of the things that stands out to me is is the the, the weather. Postponed seven of the nineteen games uh, in inclement weather. The snow, huge snowstorm through the South, and uh, th- that was surprising to me. I mean, you had games at at UT Martin, at Tennessee State, at Semo, for example, all canceled. Lamar, obviously down in Texas, canceled. Chattanooga, Missouri State. So a lot of cancellations that you know you wouldn't think would happen in, in this later in in february but obviously uh it did but i agree the the game that really stood out to me was the the Tennessee Tech Austin P game that's a huge win for Tennessee Tech because Austin P was they were picked very high if i'm not mistaken picked second behind uh, Jacksonville State uh, to win the OVC and Tech was on down in the middle of the pack, so that's a huge, huge win for Dwayne Alexander to knock off Austin P.
1: Yeah, it was, and and they got after him early and often, and and they just hung with them, punch for punch. I mean, just when there were moments where you thought, okay, Austin P. is going to collect themselves, and here we go, and it just never happened. And I, I guess Scotty Walden was, you know, maybe. I don't know, maybe he was in over his head in moments. It just seemed like sometimes when they needed big plays, they weren't getting them and they were just a little bit off in certain spots. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they hung, they hung in there, but Tennessee tech gave them their best shot and they were able to win.
0: Well, I think Dwayne Alexander, I think, you know, that's just an experience. You know, he's been there. He's been there as a play caller, but prior to being the head coach, there uh, was a head coach at Cumberland and, uh, as you mentioned, Scotty Walden, you know he was interim coach for a few games for Southern Mississippi, and traditionally has been a special teams assistant coach. So, uh, you know we think he'll get more head coaching reps now in the season, and he'll improve as will as will the quarterbacks and the players uh, throughout that league at Austin P and Ohio Valley Conference, and all the guys that are some first first time players. So, first time playing, first time coaching. Uh, there'll be a lot of improvement going on this spring, so it's really exciting, though, because these guys are getting these seven, eight games and uh, really getting to uh, perfect, perfect themselves in the craft of coaching uh, mm-hmm. live reps when it means something. And uh, you know, it, it's very you know, I, I think it's, there's some there's some merit to all this. COVID nineteen, we may we, it may strike it may strike gold in some areas for developing some uh, some new some new avenues for uh, just for some football and, and for some uh, – just some just – some, I know in the South, uh, the day I spent at Montgomery, Alabama, that day they had a softball match at Faulkner. They had a baseball game. They had a soccer match. And then later that evening at 6, they had at Montgomery, Crampton Bowl, they had a game there. And uh, so it was an outstanding day if you're an athletic person. And you love seeing competitive college athletics, be it in NAIA level. It still was outstanding mm-hmm. play. So I think there's something to this spring league, um, and I, I think something I think something good's going to come out of it. I'm not sure if the big guys can uh, get involved at the Division One level, but man, can you imagine like a two game home and away with a Georgia and Georgia Tech in the in the spring, maybe the March of May and the end of May, just play each other twice. You know, and that would be pretty something. Cool. It means, yeah, yeah something would, that like that. Be... I think there's going to be some. There's going to be something out of this. I don't know what, but there's going to be something out of this. There's some. Yeah. There's too. There's too much. Just uh, people want to watch this stuff. People want to see. They just love college football. People love college football.
2: Well, I was going to say the the only the only way basically to watch these games is you had to subscribe to ESPN Plus. But I did find if you're a uh, have cut the cable, you get Pluto TV. You get the Pluto TV app, which is free, uh, and they had a station dedicated to Weber State in Eastern Washington. And there was one other team that that slips my mind, but you could watch games there also.
1: That's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I watched on ESPN Plus. <clears throat> I was flipping between Sanford East Tennessee, Mercer Wofford, uh, Southern Southern Illinois, North Dakota, and uh, Furman Western Carolina. And I, I was switching on on those on Saturday, uh, Sunday. I was out running around most of the day, but I did catch some of the Austin P Tennessee Tech game. And um, Austin P just got to figure out how to how to fix those turnovers, but. You know, Kurt, I think you're spot on with this whole spring thing. I don't know if it's going to be something where they promote D two, D three, and that's their avenue. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Does the draft get pushed back a couple of weeks to to accommodate for this short, you know, this this kind of brief spring season? Do you know? Do we carve out ten weeks starting February, you know, starting right after the Super Bowl, to uh, you know, to accommodate these smaller colleges and give Give the NFL scouts time to to look. I mean, it's all about exposure at, at the next level uh, and money, and so how can you combine the two? You got to figure out that formula, and, and I guess we're we're giving it a test run here, and we'll see if there's any prospects that haven't opted out that are going to get they're going to noticed in this whole thing. So, a couple games to look forward to next week: Wofford at Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga making their season debut. They they've been uh, just marred with uh, COVID. They haven't really been able to practice, but I think they're okay now. They just hadn't been able to practice. Uh, you have Northern Iowa playing Youngstown State. That's something. Uh, Alcorn State, Alabama A and M. Uh, you know Robert Moore is taking on James Madison. Uh, Kennesaw State making their season debut against Shorter. Uh, Then I think, let's see, VMI making theirs against Furman. Citadel, Mercer, Lamar making their season debut against Nickel State. Nickel State going to see if they can uh, keep up with their season average of 87 points. UT Martin-Murray State will be one. Uh, TSU Austin P getting uh, getting kicked off. And then Tennessee Tech, let's see if they can keep their momentum going against Jacksonville State. SEMO Eastern Illinois. Uh, some uh, some matchups from around the OVC and, and Southern Conference. So, uh, any of those games stand out? Any of those games excite you guys?
2: Go ahead, Kurt. Uh,
0: well, I think just any of the OVC, and you know, I, I got to be transparent here. You know, I've been I've been spending my afternoons at Faulkner University, so I can report on Faulkner and, and us to beating, uh point and now they're going to make the Kentucky swing, go play. Union University in Kentucky and also playing uh, Kentucky Christian and then playing porn again in Valley I'm at the end of March. So uh, that's where I spend a lot of my time. But those teams are that you mentioned, a lot of those teams like Chattanooga, in-state of Tennessee, Austin Peay, Tennessee State, getting back out there uh, knowing that they got a lot of homegrown players. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these teams develop. I think these coaches – they better uh, really – what I've noticed is you really are going to see who can coach and who can't coach. And I know I said that during the season for the fall, but you're really noticing in the spring. Uh, you really will notice because if they don't have the attention of their players and they don't have the buy-in, then as an administrator and as a fan, it's going to be exposed really quickly. So I really hope that uh, – these teams that be running these big numbers up and the teams that are giving these big numbers up, uh, I really feel for uh, the guys that are giving these big numbers up because I don't, don't don't think they're going to make it through for the fall season uh, once they uh, switch it over if they don't pick their game up, if you will.
2: Well, guys, what I find very interesting in this, and, and this is going to be really where it really is going to be interesting is come next fall, for example, Jacksonville State. They are going to play fall of 20, spring of 21, and fall of 21. And you wonder what that's going to do to that team injury-wise. It's going to be very interesting to see how that's handled. Uh, as far as how the team reacts to how the players react to that, how the coaches react to that, because it's unprecedented to be playing that much in that short period of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're going to see just how good these strength staffs are. You're going to see, like Kurt said, you're going to see how good these coaches are at at holding the attention spans and really just kind of developing and understanding you know, there's some there's some variables stacked against you in these in these spring games because you've had you know you started practice, then you've had this long layoff, and and for a lot of teams they haven't even practiced since spring of last year, and some of these teams have are, are you know are just kicking into to training camp early January, you know late December or you know some sometime in December, and. Some of these teams are like just trying to get to know each other, you know, trying to meet the new freshmen and uh you know for Scotty Walden up at Austin P, he's trying to he's trying to get to know his team. He came from Southern Miss in the fall. So he hadn't been on campus very long and it's okay, have at it. And so you're you're seeing a, a coach that's I don't want to say scrambling, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but it just seems like he just doesn't have his bearings yet. I mean, he may not even be moved in all the way to, to Clarksville yet at, at Austin Peay. So you're going to see if they can bounce back this week against TSU. Uh, for TSU, you're going to see what they have. They're, they're a mystery. Uh, ten, UT Martin, a lot of people are, are liking what uh, UT Martin is doing over there, uh, Coach Simpson. And so uh, you'll see what they have against Murray State. Uh, for some of these new coaches, it's you're going to, have to, uh, you're going to have to hit the ground running. And some of these guys will hit the ground running. Some of these guys will hit the ground and face plant. So we're going to see that. That's going to be very, very obvious over the next couple of weeks to see who face plants. A lot of these new coaches are going to face plant in week one, week two. But you're going to see which ones recover. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see how Austin P bounces back because – they're picked. They're picked to compete with Jacksonville State like a legitimate contender in the OVC. They lose to a middle of the road conference conference team in Tennessee Tech. You're gonna see if Tennessee Tech is for real. All right, we're gonna see if Semo can do anything. We're gonna see if Mercer against the Citadel. They have a new head coach, Coach Chronic. He came from Lenore Rhine up in North Georgia. He got the upgrade. He went from Division Two to FCS. Had a very, very tough opener against 17th-ranked Wofford. Looked strong early on. They just couldn't hold it together. So you're going to see kind of what, what's going on with these programs, and you're going to see just how they develop from week to week. It's going to be almost like a brand-new season from week to, week to week to week to week. So it was kind of like that with the NFL – you weren't sure what teams had, like like the Giants. They started like 0-5, and then they caught fire, and they actually had a pretty respectable season almost made the playoffs. You just have teams that don't really know each other quite yet. They don't have that chemistry, like the Bucks. Like, nobody thought the – week 12, did anybody think the Bucks were even going to make the playoffs? I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a long shot for them to make the playoffs, week 11, week 12, and here they go. Week thirteen, they start an eight-game win streak. So you never know what's going to happen, because Bruce Arians is a great—you know—he's a good coach, relatively speaking. So you're going to see what these other guys have. Uh, so I'm not going to hit the panic button, but I'm also not going to drink the Kool-Aid either. So that—that's just my thoughts on this.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's—I think you're straight on with that, Corey. Uh, the thing that I like to see uh, to the point that Craig was talking about is the playoff, the playing of. Uh, Saying Jacksonville State, I think they're one of the unique teams because if I'm if I'm right, I think they're leaving. Uh, they're moving into a new league, so yeah, they played. Yeah, okay, so they played a, a big conf. They played a conference schedule or picked up a lot of non-conference games to make money last fall twenty 2020 twenty fall twenty twenty one. They're playing in their conference. They're leaving, and twenty twenty one fall they're playing in their new conference and playing their A son opponents plus probably a few more to make some money. So they're in a the uniqueness. Most of people are playing uh less than two or three or four games, I think the limit was in the fall. And I think it playing. was
1: three. A lot of teams played three. I know three. Western
0: Carolina did. Okay. Mercer
1: did. Um uh, several teams played like
0: and then playing three eight eight or so in the spring and then if you do get in the playoffs in the spring you know, you you you, you, if you go all the way. I guess you play five more games, and then turn around within three months, or four months, and start a full season again. So it will. It was going to take a toll, but you know what? It's going to be interesting also for load management. And I know at Fulton University, they talk about uh, you know, there's a lot of data going on with uh, you know how many miles the players run, the speed of ratio at practices, how many uh, helmet collisions they're having. You know, there's so much of that going on now. It's really amazing what's really transpiring and how they're really trying to take better care of the football players uh, year round. And, and I think with the football season, the way it's happening this year, they really are being uh, more uh, cognizant of that. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I really think spring, there, there's going to be something that grows out of this and if You know, it may be like you said, Corey might be division two, might be division three, might be NAI, it might be uh, certain teams uh, from maybe the MIAC and the SWAC, you know, maybe they own the spring, you know, maybe they could come up with something very, very unique and lead right up to the draft. Because even if you lead right up to the draft, you know, they're not going to put the pads on for NFL till, you know, September. So. If you go February, March, and April, and you finish May first, you got May, June, July, and August. You know you go to training camp August, so you got over three, four months to get yourself ready. So if you happen to be a draftable guy or going to the pros, so there's something to this. I just don't know how it's going to develop, but I just really believe it's going to be something that grows out of this.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I I think you're going to see. Yeah. Maybe NAIA, they they try to somebody's got to somebody's got to jump in there, and I think there's some corporate sponsors that would be that would love to jump on some spring football because you have XFL, uh, you have you have leagues sprouting up that's just trying to take over this spring, and and nobody can seem to do it. I mean, NFL free agency still out trumps out trumped the XFL last last winter. So maybe college
0: football I just think it's probably the number two, you know, college football is probably number two. And so I would really love to see the the big guys like uh maybe some some SEC, ACC crossover spring football, where they would play two games, you know, home and away. I'd love to see like, you know, Vanderbilt and MTSU or or Georgia, Georgia Tech, or have uh Florida, UCF play in a spring game, you know, or, or something, you know. I love, I love that you lump
1: Georgia Tech in with MTSU in your example. I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> just teams, just some teams, I think would be just, it'd be really neat to see. And I'll tell you what, as a player for four seasons during spring football, and back in the day, we had 20, 25 practices and three or four knockout scrimmages every Saturday, I would love to have played for a game like that. I would love – the players don't – you know, players don't like practice, and we used to hate it, I mean, practicing all spring. But you had to practice, you know, because you're on scholarship and you want to earn a position. And But uh, nowadays, man, if you could if you could put that carrot out there and have a game, you know, or have a, have a you know, a home and away with somebody, it would be just – I would love that. That would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, that that would be awesome. Just to have something for them to look forward to would be incredible. And I think if you could like what like what the uh it'd be like what they do in high school in in a lot of states where you're allowed to uh you're allowed to do two spring Springs. scrimmages. Yeah. And well, like, yeah, I I think that'd be incredible. I mean, you, you could have like a, I mean, obviously it would, you know, wouldn't be a full game, and it wouldn't be, you know, there'd be some things that you would do in a spring game that you probably wouldn't do in the fall. But they could work something with these big schools to where you could have power five playing group of five to help, you know, to help the group of five out a little bit, and. I think that's a great idea, and I think you know FCS could do the same with Division Two, where you know you kind of like in Division Two do that with Division Three, and and they just kind of all help each other out in the spring.
0: I think I think what's going to happen too. I think people at the end of the day they're going to be thirty forty million dollars in the hole. And they're going to figure out. Wait a minute, we could have us a game. We could have Tennessee. We could have. Uh, Tennessee and Virginia tech play each other in the spring and probably raise 10, $15 million. Exactly. And let's play
1: it.
0: And if I'm a, if I'm a administrator, college administrator, I'm like, okay. All right. Coaches coach hypo. You got three weeks to practice. We play Virginia tech. You know, you take, uh, you know, North Carolina, let them play, you know, uh, university of florida or something you know so you know just match up who you want to match up and you work it out but you you know that's it's great it's a great opportunity for them to make some money and i think that's what the bottom line is going to get because i mean i would i would i would venture say on a friday night uh may uh you know kenny chesney's going to be in Atlanta on may the 22nd in the in the uh uh, dome there and later that night if they had a game between Georgia and Georgia Tech, I think a, they'd have just as many people to watch Kenny Chesney with Georgia Georgia Tech. Wouldn't you agree Corey Burton?
1: I would agree and yeah. most of your Tech fans would probably scatter, but um, I, I think
0: <laughs> It's May 22nd. I got my tickets already for the BMW the the Kenny Chesney. If they said Georgia and Georgia Tech going to play at 9 o'clock, I think I'd, I'd buy that ticket too and I'd just stay yeah. in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I, I you know that'd be fun, and I think spring. yeah, the, the the and
0: base and baseball, excuse me, I'm just baseball. They've been doing this, college baseball. They've been playing fall ball, fall baseball. Michigan played after they played Vanderbilt in the in the college world series. Michigan and Vanderbilt played a home and away in that spring. The next fall after playing in the spring, Vanderbilt flew up there, played them in a two of, you know best two out of three series, and then the next weekend they flew back down. You know now how many people watch, uh, that's the highest drawing card in the spring for colleges right now. And no one even knew they did the fall because everything's college football. I'm telling you, this is a market that they, they need to jump on. They need to capture it and they need to claim it. And let's ride. I think it's just big college baseball and college softball. They've been doing fall, fall leagues, you know, fall baseball, fall softball. And, uh, you know you can plan it as an administrator a college administrator you can plan it like they did at Faulkner they played the softball in the, in the baseball game and then they had a soccer match and they had a football game i mean and i think that i think they had basketball the pro- friday night and monday night you know they they got it going man what a great yeah. time for sports
1: they they could figure out how to make it work and they could work yeah. in part and and if they would work in partnership with the NFL they could really sure. figure out how to make this thing work. So sure. lots of excitement going on, lots of lots of things happening. We'll we'll see as the novelty wears off of the spring league, see how it unfolds uh, throughout the course. Like we get into like week six, seven. We'll kind of see where this thing really is, uh, to kind of gauge of is spring doable for lower division football, which I mean there's not a whole lot of name recognition for Tennessee Tech, let's be honest. There's not a whole there's not a whole lot of you know there's a lot of eyes right now because it's freezing cold. People are shut in and saying, oh, there's football on. but like I said, you get to like week five or week six, you're probably not turning on Southern Illinois versus North Dakota. I mean, let's be honest about that also, but there you know there there's always that person that's gonna watch every single game. There's always that person that's like, I don't give two you know whats. And then the whole spectrum in the middle. So,
0: yeah, but well, think about this in the fall to, to that point that you just said, how many people are eyes are going to be on them in the fall? Southern Illinois versus uh, Wofford, instead even of even less, even yes, in, in North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. They're not watching, they're, they're all going to watch North Carolina, Virginia Tech anyway. Yeah. So, at least you got people half. Half of the people that might have watched North Carolina, Virginia Tech may consider that and watch the Warford, Southern Illinois, and then really only maybe half of those people actually tune in. But that'll be yeah. ten times or a hundred times more than they would have got in the fall. You I know think what? It's the- a, I think it's a money grab. I think they're they're all missing. They're missing this. Everybody wants to be Alabama. Everybody wants to be Georgia. Everybody wants to be Oklahoma. But there's only three or four of them. That's it. Everybody else needs to figure out where they fit. You know who the best conference is,
1: Curt? You know who the best conference is? I think smartest as far as marketing goes, SEC. Well, besides them. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's given
0: the MAC. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was Mac was gonna say the MAC. Yeah, the Mac. During, during the yes, they've yeah, got to figure it figured out, man. Tuesday night football. Yes,
1: yep.
2: they got to figure it well, out, man. You know, Tuesday guys, night action. Yeah. They you got know, a slogan too. They got a buzzword. Yeah. During the fall, you've got, you've got right. college Bowler. football every night except Monday.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would venture to say that FCS needs to f- figure out how they can get on like a Wednesday night. I mean, if you're, if all you're competing with is, is the Mac, you know, they're, they're, I would, you know, honestly, I'd watch North Dakota State versus South Dakota State over Kent State versus Bowling Green. I'd probably watch that. Like, the FCS playoffs are great because they're at a time when there's no other college football on, so you're watching FCS playoffs. Right. So they need to figure out those windows in the fall, if they're going to stay in the fall, or figure out a way to make the spring work and still be able to get your star players. Also. So they got to figure out that happy medium because like Trey Lance would have played in the fall, not going to play in the spring obviously because he's going to be a top 10 draft pick in the NFL. So, you know, how do you how do you combat? How do you combat that? I don't know. We can discuss that. We can we can let that percolate in our brain. I just used a, a big ACT word. Well, so we, can, we can let that percolate and then and then figure that out.
0: Yeah, well, a guy like Trey Lance, I mean, you're talking just this final year or his third year in college. He's going to play in the spring his freshman year. He's going to play in the spring his sophomore year. And then if he's rated like he is, we all know then, you know, maybe he maybe he transfers up to uh, another school. Maybe he goes play quarterback for, you know, maybe Ole Miss his senior, his junior year, third year, you know. That's what you may see. You may see – kind of some of this stuff like they do in Major League Baseball. Once you hit a level and you're no longer a double or triple A, you uh not to pick on the Minnesota Twins, but there's a couple of franchises you go to, Oakland A's, you pitch for them for a year, and then you make your contract with the Mets or the Dodgers, you know? And that's kind of what they do in Major League Baseball. And looks like that may be what college football is gonna if they were smart enough to have a spring league with the fcs a guy like trey lance his freshman year he he bombs away that spring comes back bombs away again so now he has to make a decision do i opt out my mm-hmm. spring or do i transfer up to Ole miss mm-hmm. or mississippi state and play in that league against better talent my senior year i mean my junior year and get ready for the draft that way you know what i'm saying
1: yeah so I, you got I, options I see that Yeah, Yeah. What do you think
0: about that, Craig? I mean, that's thinking outside the box, but we're about to go outside the box. I'm telling you guys. No, I agree with you. We're not going to go back to what it used to be. Yeah, I I
2: agree. I mean, there's going to be – this is going to be – the the ripple effect of of the pandemic is going to go for years in college football and college athletics uh, with what's going to end up – things that are going to be changing, players that are going to be able to do the things they're going to be able to do and and you know as you said they could play in the spring and they could play in the fall for another team you know at this point I think that you know it's it's going to be repercussions as far as you know how they're going to decide all of this. I mean, there's there's so many ramifications of this, and and with the year extra year of eligibility too, the ramifications on on your team for recruiting. You know who who you're not going to know who's going to be coming back. You know you can't know during the fall I'm recruiting this guy. You can't know right off the bat who's coming back and who's not. You can you know the kid can say yeah I'm coming back. He can change his mind. He could have had a great year. Change his mind. So well, you just I mean, just back pandemic. into the transfer
1: portal and just
2: yeah pluck somebody else. I mean that's Absolutely. what that's what's going to be. You know, and that's the thing too. Yeah, the fine. transfer portal too. You know you it, it's you just don't know at this point. You know the the ramifications. Do you say, okay, I've, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this quarterback here instead of recruiting this high school quarterback. So you know that hurts the high school player. I think the junior college ranks are gonna really suffer in this deal. The transfer portal, the extra year, I think is really really gonna hurt the junior college guys. Now it's not gonna hurt. Let's say the top. 25 or so, but the ones on down, I think it's going to really hurt those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, you know, maybe Alabama looks to the transfer portal more often for a starting quarterback when they're in transition. But it's like these pro teams. I mean, the Rams, they wanted to change their quarterback situation. They wouldn't made a trade. Got a veteran. The Colts were in dire need of a quarterback. Went and traded for a veteran. Um, there's a lot of teams that are looking at veteran options, unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're looking at veteran options before you look at the draft, which is no different than, say, Ole Miss looking to the transfer portal and saying, you know, hey, come on, come on down, or Mississippi State going, hey, KJ Costello, come grad transfer, come play, or, you know. And I think it's going to be you're going to start to see a system also where these high school kids <laughs> they they jump into these group of five schools, ball out, and then transfer. It's going to be well, it's going to be a very transient sport now, yeah. which all sports are are very very transient. So it's not going to be any different than what we see in the pro leagues, uh, even with NBA, MLB, NFL. It's all transient. People are going to be but. On the flip side, if you leave, you got to be able to land somewhere. And it's not guaranteed that you're going to be able to land where you want to land. So it's a risk to transfer.
2: Well, what's going to stop? Here's my thing, too. What's going to stop me as head coach of College X? I've got a good team. uh, I'm losing my quarterback. I've got a lot of guys coming back. There's a quarterback for College Y over there who doesn't have a very good team, but he's a really good quarterback. What's going to stop me from contacting him? You can't saying, contact hey, him until he hits the portal. They've got to put a rule in place. Uh, 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 yeah, that's that's that, that sounds good, Corey, but guess what? What's tampering. going to stop me from doing it? I don't know.
0: Well, they're already, they're already doing that. Basically, yeah, what yeah. happens is the AAU and the 7-on-7 and the high school coaches, they're the conduit. They're the ones that help the coaches uh, let them know what they're interested. They're interested in you transferring to their place. Would you be interested in that? And they, they're already doing that. They've been doing that like in college basketball for years. I mean, look at Vanderbilt basketball's new roster. Look at Tennessee's new roster. I mean, they're starting. What is it, Craig? There is when I was Vanderbilt. Their top six out of nine, six out of ten weren't even there a year ago. You know, it's unbelievable the number of transfers in basketball, and that's what's going to happen in football. And then I'm going to give y'all one nugget that's about to happen, and people are this is this is this is big. I think they're going to go with the NCAA, NAIA, and all college sports. Everybody will be granted a five-year eligibility. That is what's going to be coming up soon. Watch it. Everybody's going to get out of the four-year. Everybody's just got five years. Let's just make it simple. You know, you got five years. Everybody's got five years to play. Five
2: years to play five.
0: Yeah, just five for five. That's it. Now, you get a medical. If you get a medical, you blow out your knee or something, you know. We will consider that, but just got five. That way, you got five years to play, because they're doing a lot of research now on scholarship on graduations, and it's taking five years, and they got all that. And I see Biden. I heard Biden the other day talking about that they need to have more scholarship money, and they need to do a few more things. But I can look at that. I I think that's. I think there's a little bit of that. I can. When it first started, about the extra year, and so now. I'm starting to hear a few coaches that I know. Talk, I've talked to guys that, that are are they chattering? Me. They are chattering. It's a lot of chatter. <laughs> a lot of little chatter. They're great chattering. Great I, I can get behind the. I can get chatter. behind
1: the. Just hey, you get five so just years. Just go
0: five years. You got five years. You it's get five just, years. Getting, you know, you transfer yeah. once without penalty. If people can relax. You know, five years. You know, it's kind of like a NFL contract. You know, if you got five years, you know, you're not going to jump out after your first year, you know, you give yourself another year. You give yourself a, you know, a preseason camp. You give yourself another season. And then you could opt out and, you know, go. And then you got three years to play, you know. Just give them all five years and let's roll. Can you still redshirt? I'm
1: I'm with with that.
0: That's what the – Yeah, I think you have – yeah, if you have a medical, I think if you have a medical, you redshirt. Okay, so
2: otherwise you can't just redshirt to be redshirt. No. uh, Okay.
0: No.
1: Giving everybody the fifth year just basically just gives everybody like a redshirt year, essentially.
0: Yeah, and they've already they just did that already, basically. So now, I mean, what's how is that? See, the thing is, this is where people understand. Like in two or three years, how come if I'm in high school but I'm punished, I don't get that extra year that everybody right in front of me? So you're gonna have lawsuits coming out of the yin yang from people this year and later that I didn't get the extra year that the guys in front of me did. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So here we go.
0: So now just give everybody five years. Let's roll. Next yeah. 20 years, everybody's got five years, and we'll reevaluate after 20 years. Everybody's got five that. years to play. Let's go. I'm because with that. about to get some lawsuits. Because see, you got all the kids that were seniors this past year, juniors that are penalized because of seniors. Now they're they're telling them to backlog because there's not enough scholarships because some people are leaving. You know, you got some coaches at the Division One level that are stepping up, paying for people playing another season, you know, like was it uh, uh, Rory Williams, you know? I think he paid for the whole, was it Spring Sports at North Carolina? Was that Coach K at Duke? You've got all Mm -hmm. this financial, and a lot of it is because they got a year. They lost a year. So now the people in high school, they're going to get punished because they're not getting recruited because of COVID, and they don't get an extra they don't get an extra year. They're gonna come in with only four to play. So I'm gonna file a lawsuit saying, Well how come that just because i I I suffered in COVID too. Right? So here we go. So look for five. Just look for it. It's gonna be happening pretty soon, pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't blame I don't blame it. I I'm I'm with it. I think it's a great I think it's a great deal. So um anyway, let's uh Let's uh, we'll, we'll we've got plenty of time to uh, to come back to that topic, and, and really dive into spring football, five years, transfer rules, what you know what what should playoffs should look like, stuff like that. So, I think we've got plenty of time to discuss all that. Let's discuss some of these staff changes. Uh, we got Gus Malzahn making some moves uh, down in uh, down in Central Florida uh he hires uh he hires his offensive coordinator uh j uh, g j Kine from uh from hawaii he he also uh brings in tim harris from f i u to be kind of co offensive coordinator run game coordinator um, he's he's made some uh he's made some pretty good moves there then you have uh, Tennessee hiring Willie Martinez and Brian Jean-Mary from Michigan.
2: Jean-Marie. 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 He's Haitian. It took me 30 minutes to find that on Sunday, but it is nice. Jean-Marie. Yeah, and uh, Herb Hand is uh, boarding the Gus
1: bus as well. Um, Former Vanderbilt assistant. There you go. Opelika coach Brian Blackman is going down to Orlando. He's a former Troy assistant. And then uh SJ Tui, kind of a famous name.
2: Yes, the it Tui is.
1: family. He's going to he's going to join Gus So Orlando. He's it Orlando's becoming a destination spot for for a lot of these coaches. So, um, what do we think of these moves? These these most recent moves. I, I know they sound small in nature, but I, I think With Gus, I think he did a good job of kind of blending concepts, I think, with what Hawaii does and G.J. Kine. I really like what they do in the passing game. I really think that Gus has committed to becoming more dynamic offensively. I think he's showing that he's willing to be open to new ideas, which I'm with that, and and that shows me that Gus – can evolve and is is going – I think he's going to kill it at UCF. And then to hire a run game guy to kind of match up with the with uh, with Coach Kine I think is incredible. And then you, you get the O-line – one of the O-line gurus, Herb Hand, who I've heard from multiple people. And if you listen to Believe in Vanderbilt a podcast right here on this very network uh, hosted by Ryan Seymour, he loves her, Coach Hand. Because uh, he played, uh, he, he was an NFL offensive lineman, played at Vanderbilt, played for James Franklin and, and, and Herb Hand uh, there. He loves Coach Hand. And and so if you listen to his stories, he just pours, I mean, Coach Hand just pours into these players. And it's, it's incredible. So I, I think Gus is absolutely killing it with his staff. I think he's hiring all the right people. I think he's got different backgrounds, different, you know, not people. He's surrounding himself with, a combination of familiar people and fresh ideas, and I think that's a great thing.
2: Well, I like it that that with the hires, it, it as you said, Corey. It appears that things are going to be wide open, and it's going to be very up tempo. And quite honestly, you know, those people at UCF—that's what they're used to. They had success with Josh Heupel there, and that's what they want and to Scott see. Frost. yeah, yeah absolutely. that's absolutely—that's what they want to see. So I got to hand it to Gus for, you know, changing, evolving. A lot of these coaches, you know, they come, they've had a lot of success a certain way. They go to another place and they, you know, obviously UCF is not going to have Auburn talent year in and year out. And he's adjusted to that, you know. Gonna be throwing the ball more, more wide open, more up tempo. I gotta hand it to him, you know, for changing. That's awfully hard for us old folks.
0: Well, I think I think one of the I think both of y'all are, are straight on with everything. Point on the big thing too that I like is for our coaching chatter. You know that runs out. Every coaching staff is complete with the head coach and staff members. Now there still can be some more movement, and we know there will be. But at this point, all coaching staffs at that level, Division I, they're all fields so was outstanding. But, yeah, Gus Malzahn, I think, has done a great job uh, hiring a lot of new bloods, hiring some uh, some guys outside the box, and then bringing in some pros. Uh, as y'all mentioned, Herb Hand, I mean, the guys that he's got in the NFL, uh, the coaching clinics that he's put on week in and week out, year in and year out, have been outstanding. Um uh, and I think uh, I think this is going to rejuvenate Gus Malzahn, and uh, I think it just makes him more marketable for the future. And as both of you guys mentioned, Orlando—I mean, a destination city can also be a destination spot for college football. We know how excited those fans are. We know the runs they've made with Scott Frost, the outstanding teams they had with Josh Heupel, and just where they came from the last few years uh, has been incredible. So. It's going to be fun to see them play and, and see what they're doing. And uh, it's really – you know, it makes, it makes people get excited in the state of Florida where football is really, really booming. I mean, you look now at the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one pick and the Urban Meyer and the Tampa Dolphins game. are
1: surging. Tampa just Dolphins won the Super
0: are, Bowl. Super Bowl, exactly. So, what a great area. What a great area to recruit to. And, uh, you know, and and, uh, I think, Craig, you mentioned maybe the last show about how far Florida State's fell off the map, but they got a shot. They've got a transfer quarterback that's an outstanding playmaker. So it's going to be interesting in that area of Florida to see all the good teams and the good coaches and just the coaching chatter. Everything is going to be coming the next the next few months and the next few years for all the teams. So exciting times, man.
1: Exciting times, yeah. McKenzie Milton is the transfer quarterback. Yeah, Actually came from UCF. Right. uh, Down to Florida State. So, did you know they paid almost as much for Willie Taggart to not coach as they did for Mike Norvell to coach? That's insane to me.
2: I did see that today. It's it's incredible. Obviously, the hire of – Taggart was ill advised to say the least. I I raised an eyebrow when I when the hire happened. I just didn't think he had enough success nor enough uh tenure as far as being a head football coach to be successful there and it, it they proved correct. I proved Oregon, myself correct. Yeah, they 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 bought in that
1: Oregon Kool-Aid. They said hey <laughs> he can recruit to Oregon. No, he can't Nike recruits to Oregon. Oregon, right. I could go to Oregon and, and recruit. Like Phil Knight is and, the best
2: recruiter at yeah, Oregon.
1: I have no pedigree in college football. I could go to Oregon and recruit because it's the hub of Nike. I could go to Alabama and probably recruit because Alabama at this point is a machine. Um, the point is, is that we, you know, a lot of that was masked at, at Oregon. We didn't know what his deficiencies were, and so he was able to come down to Tallahassee into a situation where it's not the best. You know, it, it wasn't the best. It was trending downward after the national championship. Jimbo had just left. Things weren't great because, to me, FSU is, for as big of a program as they are, for as prestigious of a program as they are at this point, they're scared to spend money. They will not spend money. They're stingy and that's killing them I think they 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 were they were slow on on facilities they were they lowball every coach they try to hire. That's the reason why Jimbo left. They lowballed him they lowballed his assistants they, they don't they don't pay on par for what they are and if they ever did, they they've got the money. It's not a money issue for Florida State. They've got it. they're, they're up there. With, with the other big-time powers, like Clemson, Florida State, or Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. They're up there with that in budgets, and there's no reason Florida State can't be good. And I think Mike Norvell, if given some time, he's got to build the offensive line first and foremost because that's atrocious. Um, and then I think McKenzie Milton, if they can protect him, he'll be a pretty damn good quarterback, Kurt.
0: Yeah, I think he's an outstanding. I think what happened to Florida State, uh, for years and years and decades, they had a guy named Bobby Bowden that would would out-recruit. Yeah, he would out-recruit, and he would out-develop everybody in the area. And so I think he spoiled the people there. They made no upgrades to their stadium. They did no facilities enhancement. They did nothing there to reward those coaches. And Jimbo Fisher kind of won, by and large, with a lot of holdovers from the Bobby Bowden era. And then, then, when that graduated, then it became a tougher job. And if you're not putting the money back into your program, then you're going to have a tough time. But getting a guy like McKenzie Melton, uh, he's going to be an outstanding get for them. The kid's got great accuracy. He's a winner. He knows offense. He knows how to run up tempo. He knows how to throw the ball to open spaces. So he'll be a huge upgraded quarterback for the Florida State Seminoles this fall.
1: And Norvell and, is familiar with him, too.
0: Yeah. And Nor- yes. And they've seen him. He's competed against him when he was at Memphis playing UCF. They had great games, great shootouts there at the Liberty Bowl, and then also over there in UCF Stadium. The bounce there. House
1: so is what they call the it.
0: Bounce House. Love it when they start the whole stadium is rocking. So it's going to be exciting, and uh, hopefully they can get him to, uh, to really just pull up everybody around him, and I think that's what's going to happen. They've got some new running backs. They've got an Auburn transfer and a number of other guys have transferred in there at Florida State because you got to have those good running backs and that good quarterback, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see how Florida State does it.
2: Guys, I'll say this. Let me say this. When that ball starts rolling downhill, it's hard to stop it and get it righted. Ask Tennessee, for example. The same thing with Florida State. Once that ball starts rolling downhill, because guess what? Those great teams out there, they're not backing up to you. They're getting better every day. So you've got that much more to improve, to even catch them,
1: it's almost a straight vertical climb for those two programs. Yeah, it with.
2: is. And and let me ask you this: Here, here's another key reason I think Florida State was down. What do these guys have in common besides the fact they're all from Alabama? Derrick Henry, Mac Jones, Amari Cooper, and Jerry Judy. They're from they're from your home state. They're from the state of Florida. Think about those guys right there. They're
1: all from Jacksonville area too, right? Yep. Yep. So that ain't very far. That's like two and a half
2: hours from Tallahassee. I mean, that is a huge component in this. You lose guys like that out of your state, you know, that's tough to overcome. Judy was from like South
0: Florida, right? They drive right through Tallahassee when I-10 going to Alabama. Then they hit 65 north and they Jet over there to University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa. So I mean, it's a you got to keep those guys, and you know the thing is, you've got to start recruiting these guys and getting them into getting them in your facility. And and with Alabama, I mean, when the 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 games that you've seen on television, the light show they put on it's just, and the big elephant sounds are incredible. Florida State at one time had the Seminole had the Horse and he would you know slam the flag, but that's now that that's politically incorrect I guess chief Osceola
1: and his horse renegade
0: yeah, they don't do that anymore anymore though they've stopped that they have so. the
1: blessing of the Seminole tribe,
0: yeah, yeah, but they don't they don't do that anymore so I mean it's I mean they've gotta I think the facilities that you know if they'll if they they got to get up. it's these kids nowadays i mean it's no different than back in you know in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousand the facilities sell the program, you know, you, if you build it, they will come. And so Alabama and LSU and, and Auburn and
1: Georgia's getting North, ready to move into their big they, expansion got, in April. Like they, yeah. they, they just renovated, they just put up in it. Georgia was, it's atrocious, uh, how slow Georgia was to, to the, to the draw, like building a uh, indoor practice facility and expanding the weight room out. And now they're just expanding the whole Buttsmere building and, The whole football expansion. That's gonna be ready in in April. I can't wait to do the virtual tour of that. That's gonna be insane. Yeah. But it's it's an
0: arms race. It's it's a facilities
1: race. And yeah, you're you're exactly right.
0: And that's that's the point, you know, one of the points Craig was saying. I mean, once you once you lose and you start losing and that mentality goes out the door and those guys, your your number ones and your top recruits of the area drive right by your school, then it's a you know it it you know, it really has a huge effect because the best guys want to go play with the best guys then, and they, that recruits itself. So, like the wide receiver, the wide receiver room in, in Alabama has been incredible. The yeah. Last, over, what, three, four, five seasons? I mean, it's been yeah. incredible. And there's no they're, excuse. They're somebody...
1: There's no excuse at Florida State because Florida ain't that good. Miami ain't that good. And who's left? UCF, they're about they about to out-recruit your butt if you don't get your butt in gear. I mean, well, we, honestly.
0: We, we all seen it. We've all seen it. Craig's seen it. I know you've seen it, Corey. Florida State, they've had great wide receivers. They've had great defensive backs, NFL, for years.
2: Tennessee has
0: great wide receivers, great defensive backs for years. And they Florida lose state
1: used to be top three. Uh, um, they lose out on some players.
0: players. I mean, like you said, they lose out these players and the next group they're not gonna go because these guys are going in the first round for the draft. They're gonna go follow, practice with them for two or three years so they can go first round and the next group and the next group. So I mean it's gonna be a while before Florida State and Tennessee get back. I mean, a while, maybe ten years. What do you think, Craig? How long? <laughs>
2: No, I agree. Like I said, once once that ball starts rolling down, you know, it is so difficult to get it, the ship righted. Uh, and, you know, you step back, you have one bad hire, and it can set your program back for years and years. And both of those schools can point to bad hires, and it has cost them dearly. Bad hires? That would be an improvement. Those were disastrous <laughs> Atrocious hires. <laughs> How's that? That's like Ray Goff level hires. You know, guys, talk, yeah, let, me, let me talk about this. You remember the years ago, I'm going to say 20 years ago, it may have been longer than that, when the ACC expanded Goff. and took Florida State and Miami. When I heard that, the first thing that popped in my head is, well, my goodness Florida State Miami either one of those they're gonna win the ACC every year what's yeah. not been the case they've actually both of those teams have fallen off since yeah. they've gone to the ACC which has been really kind of amazing
1: yeah,
0: yeah they've done they've dumbed down their programs really I mean they' they've come back to the to the middle of the pack with the ACC with all the Miami those
1: Miami forgot Ooh. where they're at. They forgot where they're located.
0: The state of Miami. <laughs>
1: the state of Miami. Howard Schnellenberger. They forgot where they're located. Yeah. Flo- I mean, these Florida schools, it baffles me that these Florida, like how any of these recruits get out of the state of Florida and having to get past Miami, Florida, and Florida State just baffles me. I mean, there's going to be one or two that slip out, I'm sure. But, I mean, God almighty. Like, who you listen to? I mean, Alabama comes in and gets whoever they want. Georgia comes in, gets whoever they want. Clemson comes in, Florida, gets whoever they want. But all three of those programs recruit extremely well in the state of Florida.
0: Well, yeah, the state of Miami, their whole defensive backs starting crew for Alabama were from the state of Miami, I think. I think both cornerbacks and both safeties were were from the state of Miami. Miami hired Ed Reed.
2: Think, think about this. If you're standing there 20-plus twenty, year, 20 plus years ago and you're Florida State the administration for Florida State and Miami, and you've got the SEC knocking at your door, you've got the ACC knocking at your door, you decide to go the ACC. Look where your program, both those programs, football programs, are right now versus where they could have been if they were in the SEC. It's well, obvious been to the for
1: yeah, a long time. It's
2: obvious to me that Before it Miami. has hurt both of those programs going to the ACC because the competition is not as good. Not saying that it's not good football in the ACC, but it's not SEC level. A uh, game in and game out. Right. And you hear uh, this is a common thread in recruiting. I want to play, you know, when they say, what do you think about your offer from Alabama or from whoever? Uh, well, you know, it's it's, it's great, I, I, you know, to, to play in the best conference in the country and play against the SEC, play against players in the SEC. It'll make me better, and, and I'll be able to go to the NFL, you know, and benefit. You hear that all the time. And you're not getting, like I said, those, those decisions – you go back and look. Those decisions to not go to the SEC, not saying that they turned them down, but I guarantee you that it was explored to go to the SEC way back when during the expansion. Those those decisions have really cost Miami and Florida State.
1: Yeah, and Florida State came to the ACC in 1992 as an independent, so they didn't really have a lot of options then. Um, And they came into a I don't I guess it was an okay league I was in second grade so I don't really know what the ACC was like when Florida State joined joined in I know they won I know they won for like I don't know they went like seven years without losing a conference game uh, so it couldn't have been that good but um yeah I mean it's all about competition it's all about who you're gonna play uh, Texas is, is another school that had an oppor- probably had an opportunity I don't know how great of one but they said nah we're good in the big 12. We're good with our Longhorn network. We're good with the Big 12. This is before the SEC had a network. Like, the Longhorns were the first to have a network. And they're like, "Now nah, we're good. Good here in Texas. Good here in the Big 12. We run the Big 12. No, you don't. Oklahoma runs Big 12. Now Iowa State runs Big 12 before you do, Texas. Uh, <laughs> but Texas is paying a lot of money to Sark, to uh, to, to to turn things around, so
2: and to I, me, I, of all the expansion teams that made moves to different, well, I'll say the teams that schools that made moves from different conferences to other, uh, I think to me the one that has benefited the most and the smartest move was Texas A and M getting away from Texas in the Big Twelve and coming to the SEC.
1: Brilliant, yeah, they've they've done really well in the SEC. Uh, they haven't broken through and and won the division. Yep, they've done really well overall. I mean, Missouri did did really well. They won the division twice early in there uh, under under Gary Pickle, Pinkle not Pickle Pinkle, um, and they did really well. So I was impressed with with, with Missouri early on and uh, when they came in, I was like, well, Missouri, like how do they fit in? But they fit in quite nicely, and they're they're back in. Uh, they they had some ebbs and flows, but they're they're back on the they're back on the the, the flow, not the ebb. So, yeah, uh, Eli well, Drinkwitz really, really, has done a tremendous job there. Year one, yes.
0: And the big thing too, uh, y'all know this: the Texas, just the footprint of getting Texas in your SEC footprint was huge, and then Missouri getting to St. Louis and that Midwest footprint was huge. And I guess at the end, at the eleventh hour, I guess Florida State was not a good sell because of the footprint already being through Gainesville and also same thing probably happened with Miami, but, uh, and Clemson really. Yeah. And Clemson was South Carolina university, South Carolina, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, and, you know, and and that in Arkansas as well, uh, you know, and they added an SEC at one time added what South Carolina. So, what well, they added that that year, they added uh, Texas A and M, South Carolina, Missouri, and Arkansas and Texas. No, A&M. that year
1: they just added two A and M and Missouri. They had already had yeah. South Carolina.
0: The I think they years. came
1: in in like the nineties, like the early nineties.
0: Yeah, they they weren't in the league Same when I was Arkansas. there. When I played in '84, my last season, they weren't in there. Arkansas was not in there. Arkansas was in the in the SWC Southwest Conference. So I think they. I think Arkansas and South Carolina came in together, and then I think later Missouri and Texas A&M.
1: Yeah, early but 90s, yeah, I think.
0: But, yeah, you're right. Florida State and Miami, uh, when they jumped in the ACC, uh, you know, like you said, Florida State dominated. But, basically, everybody wants to be in the SEC football and in that footprint and be there. And uh, you've got to find a way to get in the SEC. And that's helped Vanderbilt. I mean, their they're recruiting for their 40 years has been now – Play in the best conference, SEC. Get the best education in the conference, the only private school institution, and then be in the best city of any hometown SEC team. And those are their three selling points. And uh,
1: those are three damn good selling points. Yeah, and I think they that's are. what
0: they, that's that's great for them, and that's what they're you know, have they ever played for the SEC championship? in in, in modern era, no for football, but. You know, they've been to bowl games, and they've had winning seasons, and they've they played the best, and they've got guys in the NFL. They've got guys that have performed well at a high level. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's the right conference to be in, you know, for coaching chatter. You know, we have a strong uh, population of SEC footprint, you know, that listen and love to know about these coaches, and, and people are really serious about their football in the SEC footprint. And no doubt that.
2: no
1: doubt Craig any final words we're about to wrap up here
2: well you, you know you you talked about we, we, I love going into these the the conference movement because it, it, it in you know you can you can say just like I said you know that that Miami and Florida State would dominate forever in the ACC and lo and behold both of them have struggled struggled especially uh, Florida State and you know that it's that's what I love about college football, the movement. Uh, you know, and there's going to be more movement, guys. I'm telling you, there's going to be more movement. Uh, at some point, uh, somebody's going to jump ship and it's going to be a domino effect. And we're going to have some more movement within that power five. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah. If South Carolina decided to leave the conference, that would be okay. So, that being said, we are uh, extravaganza uh, time-wise, so we're going to we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to put a nice little bow on it. We're going to see you next week, and uh, it's been a great show, guys. I mean, I, I think this this whole conference movement stuff we could I mean we could probably stay with you for the next five hours and, and discuss conference movement, but I think I would fall asleep, and I, I know probably you two would as well. So um, that's good. You know, like I said, great show. Uh, this is uh, Welcome Back College Football is the title of this show. We're brought to you by Soar Athletic Training, the hometown team, Keller Williams Realty, Wilson County, Kenny Salas, hometowntean615.com. Find them. Find them on social media. And then, of course, betonline.ag. If you want to be brave and bet some hockey, by all means. And if you hit, if you win, call me. But uh, you can find our show anywhere. You you can download your podcast, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Give us some feedback there. Follow us on Twitter, at Swar Athletic Training, at CoachBurton36, at DCraigLadd, and at KurtPage629. Uh, you can find us all on, on Twitter. With those handles, you can find uh, Kurt. Craig and Soar Athletic Training with those same handles on Instagram and you can find me at Burton.Corey on Instagram as well. Hit us up on Facebook, Soar Athletic Training uh, Lots of great things happening uh, in, in the world of the coaching chatter A lot of great topics coming uh, in the offing. We've got some good guests that were, uh, not only good guests some great guests that we're working on uh, for the future so stay tuned for that. Uh, some, some great things down the road and uh, I'm, I'm very excited at the direction of this uh, this thing. We're only 16 episodes deep, and we've already got big things, uh, big things afoot. So uh, I'm excited. I know you guys are as well. I want to thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully you have uh, thawed out from the ice storm. If you have not, uh, I hope you stay safe. Uh, obviously, stay safe from COVID. Protect yourself. Do, do what you got to do. And uh, enjoy some spring football because it's back welcome back football we are the coaching chatter podcast on the believe podcast network for Craig and Kurt I'm Corey Burton and uh, thank you for listening and we will see you back next week so long take care